In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We all have an idea about what a monarch looks like. In recent days, many of us watched with awe as the state funeral of Her Late Majesty was conducted at Westminster Abbey and St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle. There were the images of, as the internet called it, the most British thing to ever happen. The queue, which stretched for miles or for hours, depending on how you wish to tally it up, of all the people who were wishing to pay and pay their respects and see the queen, a monarch, as she lay in state prior to the state funeral. During all of the proceedings, the coverage of the queue as well as the services, one couldn't help but notice the crown, the orb, and the scepter affixed to the coffin. If you watched the committal service, just before the coffin was lowered into the vault under the chapel, the Dean of St. George's Chapel was given these tools needed for the job of being the queen. Very slowly and very reverently, he was handed the crown, handed the scepter, handed the orb, and he placed them on the high altar. In May 2023, we will watch a coronation of a new king, His Majesty Charles III. And from the altar inside of Westminster Abbey, Charles will be given these same symbols of power and authority. It is fitting, stunning, and worth a few moments of pondering that this crown was given back to God. Like we bring our bread and our wine and our tithes and our offerings and was placed on the altar. And it is from the altar where it will temporarily be given back to an earthly king. Today is Christ the King Sunday, and against this backdrop that has permeated the last few months, we spend time today recognizing the true King, the Sovereign of the universe. It is also the end of our liturgical year, and when we gather next Sunday, the nave will look rather different as we will be thrusted into the season of Advent when we await the coming of Jesus as the baby in Bethlehem. And with the cycle of the year ending this way, I want us all to be certain of one fact that, unfortunately, the liturgical year might unwittingly allow us to get wrong. Celebrating Christ the King Sunday as the last Sunday of the year does not mean that it is an event that we are looking forward to in the future. It is not that we get to a certain point in the future or in the last days or any other marker of time before we say, ah, now Jesus is king. Christ is now king indeed. But rather, we are celebrating something today that has already happened, that is already part of the present reality of life in the here and now. So with that idea, that Christ is already king, we need to perhaps pause and ask, when did Christ become king? 
And the answer is, when he was placed upon his throne. And that throne, the earthly throne of our Lord was not in a palace, nor in a grand room in a house of parliament, and not even in the seat of any of the hallowed halls of modern empires. But Jesus' throne on this earth is the cross. That is the throne of Jesus. And notice that I say it is, not was. The cross of Jesus is the symbol of power, the symbol of authority of Jesus as king. Like all rulers who understand the true nature and authority of earthly rule, it is only by serving, by self-sacrifice, can someone become a highly revered and highly loved leader. More so than our earthly rulers, Jesus' self-sacrificial love for all the world, with his love for every people in every age, is what St. Paul points to when he writes to the Philippians that Christ's emptying of himself is the reason why God has exalted him above every kingdom and above every creature and at the very name of our blessed Lord, every knee shall bow. All of us are citizens of a country. And I think for all of us in here, The only country we have been a citizen of is the United States. Let us think about the ways that we are good citizens. What we do that puts us in good standing with our government. Well, first we learn certain pledges and phrases that show that we understand our allegiance to the republic. We teach the history of this nation in our schools with students learning to memorize some of the most important documents, as well as some of the key moments in the history of both this nation and also our state of Texas. We pay our taxes, but we also contribute to the well-being of our neighborhoods and communities. We, though, as Christians, need to remember that this country, however, is not to what we pledge our allegiance first, nor is the president our supreme leader. That role is reserved exclusively for Jesus, our Lord. It is King Jesus to whom we pledge our ultimate, our best, our most worthy praise, our most holy oaths, and our most undying love. This Sunday is a time for us to remember that Christ has been king of the cosmos, king of the universe, king of all of our lives, and is also king of those who do not recognize his authority. Since his death on the cross, his resurrection, and his ascension. Jesus now sits on the right hand of God as king. And one day will sit as our judge. And it is this king, this God, our Savior whom we give our most supreme love and devotion to,
above all powers and empires, even above our family and friends, because he alone is worthy of such love, such supreme love. Isaac Watts is known as the father of English hymnody, and he wrote over 750 hymns. And included is a collection of hymns, literally an entire hymn book of just his writings, which was published in 1707. In that collection, and it's known as Hymns and Spiritual Songs, he wrote a text that has become a favorite of many Christians around the globe. When I Survey the Wondrous Cross is a hymn that extols not only the kingship of Christ on the cross, but also our response, our only fitting response, which demands much of us. The last stanza of the hymn, which many of you may know by heart, culminates the idea of our response to the kingship of Jesus with these words. Where the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Now, I don't want anyone here to think that the next sentence is about us needing to go and sell everything we own and give the money to the church and live as paupers for the rest of our lives. That is not the case. But what all of us are called to in our Christian life, as a response to God's goodness to us, and as a response to the love that the King has shown us, is to recognize our roles in this created world that our Savior died to redeem. This is what we call stewardship. And while we have not spent much time in large blocks discussing stewardship, as in like running a stewardship campaign, I hope that you have seen woven throughout the years, the reading and even our prayers, that we pray that this idea of stewardship is part of our giving back what God already owns. But it's the reason why we do that. It's part of giving our life, giving our all to Christ. We've had some rather stirring testimonials from our vestry members as to what this parish of St. Christopher means to them. Some have reflected on our persistence. Others have written about their study of the scriptures, learning that Adam and Eve were the first stewards. Some have recounted the struggles this parish has faced in the ages past. And others have talked about the joy of being married in this space. It is our stewardship, the gifts that we give, the corporate body or the corporate response as the body of Christ that makes all of this possible. But more so than just that, it is the gifts, the tithes and offerings that we offer back to God, the gifts from his own creation given back to him that enable us to be the beacons in this world. It is the things that this parish does 
and that we will continue to do that allows us to say to the world outside of these walls that Jesus is our King and we will serve Him faithfully. Following the King, being a true subject of Christ does require our whole being, our entire life. It's not about all of us becoming monks or all of us becoming priests. But all of us are called to serve Jesus daily. And dare I say, hourly. Just as we attempt to be good citizens of our earthly countries. So much so are we called to be good citizens of heaven. As we end this church year and begin again next Sunday, let us all reflect on what we are called to do, on what to give, what to work towards, and how we are each being drawn to grow closer in love and knowledge of our King. And the sad thing for some of us is this is both an easy thing and a hard thing to do, both easy and hard. For Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But then we must also remember that Jesus also said, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. How will you demonstrate your love to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? The one who gave up his own life for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.